It's the Progress Pod, a production of the Franklin County Coalition for Progress. I'm Pete Mazzoni, and on today's show, we're going to talk about the proposed power line that will pass through Franklin County and the people that are working to protect their family farms and land from being taken by Transource Power. This from the Stop Transource Franklin County website. The proposed Transource Independence Power Line project does not benefit Franklin County in any way. It fulfills no needs of our citizens. Its construction and presence would destroy farms, homesteads, historic culture, rural landscape, and the natural environment of the Cumberland Valley. Stop Transource Franklin County is a group of local citizens whose sole purpose is to stop the Transource Independence Project in its tracks. The 230 KV IEC High Voltage Power Line Project does not benefit us and is destructive to the people of Franklin and York County in Pennsylvania and of Hartford and Washington counties in Maryland. Also, later in the show, we'll have a primary election results wrap-up, and we'll get a report from the Chambersburg Borough Council from producer Jeremy. But first, with us today, we have Carrie Benedict and Lori Rice, two of the founding members of Stop Transource Franklin County. Thanks for being with us here today. You're welcome. So let's do a quick background, if we can, an abbreviated background on this and how you got involved. Well, I got a letter in the mail in June of last year so we're going on almost a year Uh, it was one of those letters that you sometimes throw away because you think it's an offer for cheap power or something Mm -hmm. and and many people did throw them away Um, and it was a notice from Transource that they want to build this power line they had website you could go to and look at the route they had a picture on there and I noticed immediately that one of the routes was probably going to go across my property. And I have to say, I felt like I was, had been kicked in the stomach. That yeah, and you, that property's been in your family for it's how long? It's been in my family since the 1850s. Okay, so a couple years there. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And so that got you motivated. What about you, Lori? How did you get involved in the project? Well, fairly similar to Carrie's story. We, you know, we were preparing for a family vacation, and actually, we got a phone call. We did not receive letters um, informing us of a public meeting that they were holding at the Kaufman Station building, Rorotan building. And unfortunately, we were going to be on vacation, so uh, we were not changing our vacation to go to their public meeting. And uh, when we came back, our neighbors enlightened us with all kinds of um, information um, about this project and encouraged us to go ahead and start writing our letters in as to why we didn't feel that, you know, our area would be a good choice for their proposed project. So we took to pen and paper and emailed them and, um, you know, sent our concerns. And, um, you know, that kind of left us in limbo with which route they were going to choose. And, um, but that kept the stir for trying to bring community together, um, trying to keep everybody as educated as we could and updated mm-hmm. um, along the process. And um, that's kind of how we established Stop Transource Franklin County. Mm-hmm. And um, then, unfortunately, they narrowed down a route. Um, and Carrie and I are currently on that route. <laughs> okay, let's get into exactly what is going to happen to your land if they get their way. 
So they're putting in these towers um, and the dimensions of them. I think, what is the footprint? Do you know offhand? Um, 135 feet tall uh, um, over a right of way that's 130 feet wide. Um, landowners will have restricted use under that right of way. Um, any trees that exist there now have to be cut down, any trees on the right of way. Um, farming can continue under the right of way, but um, EMF transmissions do disrupt the high tech farming equipment, planting equipment mm -hmm. that they farmers use now. So there will be some ongoing permanent damage. There is da there will be damage to the soil from compaction of building. There could be damage to wells and. Uh, water sources because of the drilling, mm -hmm. which affects the hydrology mm -hmm. of an area. Uh, we have a number, a good portion of the line goes over limestone soil, air, soils with underground caves, sinkholes, that sort of thing, which they, um, I suppose, were not aware of, mm -hmm. as they were not aware of many things when they decided to cite this project here. Uh, it, it will impact a number of people's property values on the route and adjacent to the route. Anyone who's adjacent to the route has no, no recourse to get any compensation for the decrease in their property values because you only get compensated if it actually touches your ground. Mm -hmm. And the towers are roughly how tall? 11 stories is what we say. Oh, my gosh. They're going to be some of the tallest structures in Franklin County, and every one of them is going to have a light on the top of it. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. All right, so there's a huge number of if, negative comments. If it's approved. If it's approved, I'd like right. to sit, preface <laughs> that. Okay, and then let's, let's get into uh, what just transpired with Judge Sponseller, if you guys want to address that as far as allowing uh, Transource onto the land and what they're doing. Laurie, I'll let you talk about that. Yeah, so um, we refused the, the property owners, and I think when it started there were 25 that were sued um, because we had not signed for permission to grant them access to our properties. Um, and then that spun off into um, them going to court and applying for um, a motion to take us to court as landowners. And it amounted to 10 of us sticking together and um, with the exception of uh, with a with somebody who was not represented by our legal team and you know we went um, we appeared the first time and we got it, it was delayed till uh just last actually last tuesday and in that the judge um allowed transfers to put representation on the stand and explain their story and then he did allow time to hear from every landowner so basically what judge sponseller did was he read the law verbatim and said that because the PUC granted you your utility certification, um, I'm going to go ahead and basically say you can have access to their property to do whatever you know you deem necessary to mm -hmm. do. Um, we would like for him to have respectfully said, you do your bat study, you do your turtle study, um, and you know we'll wait upon approval of your project, then we'll allow you to proceed um, with the rest of what you feel is necessary for you to. Um, conduct surveying on, on the ground. That didn't happen. Um, however, some people read the newspaper and assume that because Judge Sponseller says um, 
you can have access that that meant the project was approved. Mm-hmm. And I think the the long and short of this is is this is a very long process. Yeah. This is a very historical moment for Franklin County. Nothing like this has happened here before. Um, and and this is where you know we have sat in a position for a long time where we've seen other communities be faced with gas lines and and the use and threats of eminent domain and here we are we're sitting there. Mm-hmm. And as a landowner, but even before I knew I was an affected landowner, the question of gross use of eminent domain crossed my mind a multitude of times. Right. Because for people who can read, and I encourage you to read, I encourage you to go out and study this for yourself. Don't just sit here and take my word or Carrie's mm-hmm. word for this. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not a third world country. Nobody's without power. And, right, right. and so we're not bringing something to somebody that they don't have. Um, so Judge Sponseller's decision did not say, oh, yeah, the project's a go. Just go for it. It basically said... I'm sitting here in a position where I have to uphold the law. And he did that. Um, but again, go back and do your research. Figure, figure out, you know, historically what this means to you. Because this is a private entity taking a very serious step. And I think if, if, you, if you really do your research, you look into the, to the company and, and the project itself, and you realize this is an efficiency project. Right. Um, and somebody said, well, what's an efficiency project? Well, maybe two months out of the year, they need to rely on a cheaper electrical source for these communities, D.C., Baltimore area. But what are you taking from this community? Mm-hmm. And um, Stealing. Right. It's, it's what it amounts to. Mm-hmm. And off of the backs of who? You know, and when we talk about um, job prospects for our area, you forget that the people that work this land, many of these lands are supplying jobs to, lo- to the local area right. and tax money to the local area. Um, so what are you taking and what will we never get back? Right. Now, you mentioned something, the PUC. Let's, let's kind of get into the players here. That's the Public Utilities Commission. Correct. And they evidently, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, are not beholden to the legislature or the legislators. That's correct. They're an independent commission. Right. So they're kind of can they're do what really, they want. They their job is to scrutinize these projects and ultimately protect the people of Pennsylvania, just like the Office of Consumer Advocate. You know, they answer to the people. It's their job to make sure that all the permitting is done, the project is what it says it is, the players in the project transource in this instance, are legitimate companies. Mm -hmm. There is something about this process that we realized as we go through it is a little bit backwards. Um, And, you know, this process evolved and the laws for it evolved over, you know, hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. Transource could come into the state of Pennsylvania and gain what is called a certificate of public convenience, which makes them a public utility. All they really had to do to get that is say we have a project a bid that we've been awarded by the regional transmission company PJM and we are financially solvent we have the capability to fulfill this project once they do that they have the right to use eminent domain so it's not is it a good project it is is it a worthy project if it if we decide that then you can use eminent domain it's the cart before the horse yeah and interestingly i guess my question to them would be this doesn't benefit the citizens of pennsylvania 
No. So that is why? That, and that's why the Consumer Affairs Bureau has gotten involved in it. The financial benefit for this project, aside from a very small amount, probably of short-term, maybe low-paying, maybe middle-paying jobs, we have no idea, mm-hmm. uh, goes solely to the Transource, its parent companies, AEP and Great Plains Energy, and a fraction, a infinitesimal amount to the ratepayers in the greater uh, Washington, D.C., Baltimore area, whom by numbers that you can pull right off the PJM and Transource websites amounts to about $2 a person per year mm-hmm. that they might save on their utility bills over a 15-year peri- period. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it, it's designed to benefit Transource, clearly. That, right. Uh, they get paid for building the line. They get paid for transmitting right. energy that goes over the line. And the sad thing is the ratepayers pay. We're paying for their lawyers who are appearing before the PUC you know, we pay, we're paying for our lawyer because their lawyers are part of the cost of doing the project, and that that rate being passed on to the ratepayers has already been approved by FERC, which is the federal commission. I'm confused. <laughs> so we're they funding do, the fight. That's exactly for right. Them it is so to take eminent domain yes, and use it against yes, private landowners. Yes. Talk about gaming the system. Yes. Exactly. That's, um, that's disappointing. This, th- this project was financed by the ratepayers before it even started. Two years prior, FERC started to pay funds um, to Transource for this project. So for two, because they knew, and, and you can go to the FERC, they're in website, and you can read through the Is that paper. FIRC or FE? Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. Okay, They approve... The rates in a multi-state project being passed on to the ratepayers. Okay. In a single state, it has to go before the, that utility commission. Okay, so the public utility commission basically was just a pass-through. The f- uh, they, they, yes. They signed all the paperwork. It looked legitimate. That's all we do. Good luck. Now, and what that's ab- generally what they are. What about uh, the legislature? Anybody taking up the cause? Yes, we have letters, opposition letters from Senator Alloway, from Representative Kaufman, and the local commissioners, Keller, um, Zebrowski, and Tom, Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there are certainly in the York area, there are plenty of um, legislators there that, you know, have written their opposition letters and are actually coming to voice their, have already voiced their opinions at the York input hearings. Um, and I do believe um, I heard Judge Barnes, who is a presiding judge that will be there at the input hearings, next week um, in a pre-conference hearing, phone conference hearing, where she said that Rob Kaufman, Senator Kaufman does, I'm sorry, not Senator Kaufman. No, it's okay, it's okay. (laughs) Representative Representative Kaufman Kaufman. will appear um, to speak as well. Against the project. Against, yeah, his concerns against the project. Okay, well, it's good to hear because this is a universal issue. It is. and your, we didn't talk about your family history, and you, how long has your family been farming this land, and how much land are we talking about? The farm that my husband and I reside on, we purchased in 2011. Um, my husband started farming, I mean, he, he comes from a long line of farming, um, and I do, in a, 
myself. Um, my grandfather was actually the first thrasherman in this area. Um, and they did can a lot I, of... Can I ask what a thrasher man sure. is? Sure. Um, so we have modern day equipment now called combines and stuff, but sure. back then they were steam powered equipment. Oh, and wow. that's what my family, my grandfather um, endeavored in many years ago. Okay. And so uh, farming is just kind of in the blood. Um, and taking care of the land is kind mm -hmm. of in the blood. Mm -hmm. um, so that, so the, the, the farm that we reside on, um, I, I had seen where many of their descriptions of the area that they chose was undeveloped land. And, you know, part of what my husband and I do is a very large farming operation that takes place in Franklin County and, and into parts of Cumberland County. But um, we raise heifers, but we also have a composting um, facility on this property. You know, our, our further expansion, of course, on our farm, we have some things that we have to be very aware of and avoid. A lot of sinkholes. We have a cavernous area on our property. So where we can keep expanding our, our business and our livelihood is a little bit limited. So, you know, we've tracked out um, pretty strategically how we want to start to place things and how we can and grow. Um, but, you know, as we heard last Tuesday, you can't build under these lines. So all of a sudden, if it's splitting in half what you plan to develop and you can't do that anymore, that's that's kind of a devastation to your, your further growth. I mean, you're kind of done. And who are they to determine on your land what's undeveloped or developed? That's your property. You can do mm -hmm. with it what you will. If you want to let it go fallow or whatever, that's, right. that's your decision. Well, I thought so until this project um, made its way to the light. Um, and apparently, um, <laughs> they can drone your property. Um, they can take pictures from your property from the road. Um, you all of a sudden don't really have as many rights as you thought you did. You know, as a young person, I really, I thought, you know, I live in the best country in the world and we're really safe and protected here. And, you know, I this has given me a bird's eye view of, hmm, you know. When a big corporation comes yeah. along, it has weight and we're just little individuals that mm -hmm. can be divided. Let me ask about that. My understanding is one of their tactics was kind of divide and conquer to kind of get certain landowners to fold? Do you feel like there's unity among the landowners that this, uh, these towers are gonna to go through? Um, I'm gonna quite simply say no. I don't feel like there's a unity. Um, now when people start getting their estimations for their property, you might see a little more unity because mm -hmm. I said from the beginning, you know, the money will not be worth what they take from you. So in other words, it won't outweigh your troubles. Right. And it's not just the installation of the line. I mean, I think, you know, we still sit here and we talk about this, pro this pr perspective project, but it's what happens long after, yeah. you know, that, you know, I think people are forgetting. And if they only give you a couple thousand dollars for your land and they can make millions of dollars off of that project, where's... There's, oh, no, there's no parity. Yeah. There's no parity. No. When this project first came to light and we were trying to get the word out and we were having our initial meetings we had sort of an outpouring of support uh, people did not want this project and the more they heard about it the less they liked it when they narrowed it down to a specific route of course there were a lot of people who breathed a sigh of relief you know because it missed their property it's not not me right. some of those people went away not all of them some of them have remained members uh, core members of our group mm -hmm. but 
then i mean the thing it just keeps rolling on you know then you start getting the letters then you start getting the threatening letters if you haven't signed and there's a lot of i don't know whether it's misinformation or not but there's a lot of apprehension about about how do you deal with this you know do you if you're facing possible eminent domain down the road do you cave right away is that your best option to get the most amount of money I mean, there are a lot of people involved who weren't hopeful that we weren't going to be able to really do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that I blame them. Everyone has their threshold, you know, of what they're willing Time, to Time, energy, and resources, yes. definitely. And so I don't fault anyone for the path they chose. It's not the path that I chose. Um, but those people regardless of whether they agreed to let people on their property early on, made verbal agreements with Transource about selling their property early on. It's rarely do I truly feel do any one of those people want to see this project. They just feel they're dealing with it the best way they can. Mm -hmm. And it's also kind of a situation of, you know, sharks and goldfish, if I can use an analogy. I mean, you're dealing with very savvy corporate people who... You know, you say the wrong words in front and, of them, and, and they'll will, use it against you all day. There is, was a tremendous amount of information about this project put out by Transource. It still continues to be all along, and I will say that um, I was in the very first public hearings. I asked questions, which were one of the questions that I asked was, if you say that this project resolves a congestion issue which means cheaper energy and from Pennsylvania is going to go to an area south of us where energy is more expensive doesn't the law of supply and demand mean that our energy costs will rise because of that oh no that's not how it works well it wasn't but a couple days later that I went on the PJM website and read their some of their remarks about market congestion results in an equalization of prices. Well, you can say it however you want. Prices are going up. <laughs> it, it means if it goes down there, it goes up here. Now, yes. tell us about, we haven't introduced all the players. PJM, let's talk okay, about PJM, who they are. PJM stands for Pennsylvania, Jersey, Maryland. It's a regional power management group. There are, I don't know how many of them throughout the country, maybe 15 or maybe more. Uh, They regulate and watch over the flow of electricity between, in this case, a group of, I don't know how many companies, like um, West Penn or First Energy, you know, all the different energy companies in the region are members Mm -hmm. of this quasi-nonprofit corporation which only exists to regulate how these companies kind of work with one another and move their energy back and forth and to see you know is the grid efficient is it uh in good repair do bids need to be let out for infrastructure right but their board and their membership all of their membership would be the would be the power companies in the region who do operate for a profit and have their own best mm-hmm. interests at heart. Of course, of course. So the end result could be what's called the easement in perpetuity. That's right. Let's talk about what that means. This is this is a perpetual easement 
that type of easement which is to last without any limitation of time. It is a right which a person has on the property of another person, which to an extent is permanent. So all those footprints effectively become the property of transource as they make their way across. So you forfeit all that acreage. What, what happens when you sell a 135-foot-wide easement is that they essentially, although it's called an easement, they own the right to use that property and tell you what you can do on it, not the other way around. Okay, that's not good. That's not good at all. How passionate is are Alloway and Kaufman about defending your property rights? Because it, it seems that the only people that can possibly stand up to this would be our politicians. The, the way it's set up, you know, it's not supposed to be political. The legislators will tell you we cannot directly uh, influence this project. We can't have a bill. Why? The House, which What's stopping puts them? the kibosh on. It's the way the government is set up. I mean, we have a constitution, we have, you know, laws in this state, and it separates out the different powers, just like the federal constitution and laws do. So they can't draft an article to the state constitution? They can't introduce a bill saying we need to look at this? I, I'm not the, entirely the buying that argument. The that constitution could definitely be modified in how it addresses this issue. and. One of the things, I don't know when the last revision to this whole thing was, maybe in the 80s, but in the utility market in particular, the electric utility, it's changed tremendously over the last 30 years. Utility companies were called public utilities because they existed solely to serve, you know, the public, the public to provide them with electricity. With the deregulation of the electric market, you know, it just completely changed. I mean, you could buy your, your electricity that you, in essence, it could be coming from Texas. It could be coming from mm -hmm. New England. Um, it does get moved around, although it's somewhat of a euphemism. Yeah. And kind that's, of a that's complicated to go into. But what's happened today is that Hardly anyone is making money from generating electricity, and it is because demand has decreased. There's less demand for electricity now than there was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. First Energy is in bankruptcy, and it's um, the, the arm of its corporation mm -hmm. that does right. generation. It has numerous bankruptcies that it's facing. It's because they can hardly make sell energy for more than what they cost them to make it. Mm -hmm. The money now is in transmission because okay. FERC will guarantee rates, the public utilities will guarantee rates for, it's a guaranteed income. That's why we see a project like this, it's so important to a company like Transource because it's like the That's wave. That's their money maker. It's the wave of the future for them. Right, right. All right, let's talk about taking action. Uh, what can the listeners do? Who do we write to? Uh, how do we get engaged in this process to kind of have our voices heard? Because everyone listening should be concerned. Maybe it's not happening to you directly, but it's happening to your neighbors and uh, people we know in Franklin County. And the eyesore that it's going to put through the center of this valley is kind of unimaginable. And now I didn't know about the lights. Yeah. And that's really a topper, isn't it? That they're going to put lights up 
what's that going to do to wildlife? What's that going to do? I mean, well, just imagine you know, it's going to be a string of lights from the Maryland border to just south of. Describe where it goes, if you could. I'll describe the southern part, and you can kind of take over when it gets to your house or your area. So it starts uh, south of Waynesboro, um, very close to 316, you know, where it goes Mm -hmm. down into Maryland. It comes up along pretty close to 316. It wraps right around the west end of Waynesboro and, in fact, crosses over close to Cold Springs, uh, development and there's a f- the field that it goes over there is is owned by the family that developed Cold Spring development and they are holding it for development. But if it if this goes over, you know that is that the end of their development? That's that'll be the end of that development unless you want to buy a new house that's underneath the power line. Oh, I mean, well, they can't build be underneath up it. To do that. Yeah. So then it crosses 16 and goes. Uh, Oh, close to Price's Church Road and the west branch of the Antietam Creek. It crosses 316 just north of Paul's Market, and I'm giving kind of landmarks that people would know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes up the middle uh, through farm fields of 316 and 997, crosses Mannheim Road. Um, that's where it comes into contact with, with your property. my property, goes over the orchards there, uh, my property goes through farms, crosses Stamy Hill Road. At Stamy Hill, it kind of jogs to the west, uh, goes towards Altenwald Road, Church Road. Which I will disclose, I live on. Yeah, mm-hmm. it won't be. It actually is not going to be very far from your house. No, I'll and be able to see me, it. Anyone driving, and I'll let you finish the route here. But anyone driving from Waynesboro to Chambersburg. All they'll have to do is glance to the right, Mm -hmm. and they'll see this line most of that drive, most of Mm -hmm. that 15, 16 miles or whatever Mm -hmm. that is. So, yeah, from the Church Road area, it's going to keep creeping up through some farmland um, and end up in around where I live, Henry Lane. Um, And from there, it'll cut out across to the Falling Spring Elementary School and cross-country field. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. And um, That's getting into a developed area. A highly developed area. Yeah. Um, it'll head out towards Lowe's and Patriot Federal Credit Area Credit Union. Um, it'll cross 30 there, and it'll head out through Mauer Road and all of those farmlands and that development there as well. Um, and then it'll stay, you know, on the, the along 81 and stretches down through Scotland. Wow, puncturing right through mm-hmm. the heart yeah. of where we live. It it, it literally crosses. Over and by the most developed part of Franklin County, and when you, when you look at this, anyone who looks at this project and sees where it goes cannot help but think, why would they put a power line here? Yeah. Now there is there it does parallel a smaller 128k power line for part of that route. It goes by. I have one on my property. It's a small line with wooden poles and. Mm-hmm. That power line, I get my power from. My neighbors get their power from right. that power line. I have a substation at the end of my lane. I can't see it because I live back along lane. Mm-hmm. I know that you know some of us have to have power lines on our property to have 
for everybody to have power. Right, but that's directly that's not, benefiting you. Yes, and that and this isn't a needful project. I mean, it is absolutely not necessary. It's got a very low cost to benefit to cost ratio, so almost close to the cancellation point of even their standards. So, so for the listeners, this impacts Chambersburg, not just farmers in no. outlying areas. It crosses the Lowe's parking lot. Yeah, it crosses 30 and is going to go, obviously, through a development there on the other side of 30. Yeah. It goes right adjacent to it, okay. but but in, close enough to impact property values. Oh, it's going to have a huge impact yeah. on property and values And that field, out there. which I imagine, it's a field now, but I don't imagine that, that I imagine someday it wouldn't be a field. No, I mean, it'll get developed. It's just on the, Or won't know, get developed yeah. now with the power lines yeah. coming through. Have they made any uh, monetary offers to kind of get the ball rolling? Or Yes, just last week um, they sent out some quote-unquote offers. You're la- she's laughing, so obviously <laughs> they were insufficient. Uh, they're extremely insufficient. They lowballed you to they, start with. Oh, yeah. It's literally yeah. pennies. Well, I will say, you know, I, I'm, the offer that we were made w- was based on it was like if I wanted to sell you a quarter of an acre of ground, what would I sell it to you for? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been an unreasonable offer if that's what were happening. If you wanted a quarter, you were putting in a driveway or you needed a little piece of ground. They're not, they're leaving something, you know, they're not taking a quarter of an acre. Right. No, they are leaving something right. which is very damaging, will be very damaging to my property values. There was no consideration for that whatsoever in the offer. Mm-hmm. Um, I have research which shows it, they can reduce property values from a low end of 6% to a high end of 40%, and it is very hard to predict. Well, if, 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 let's, let's split the difference and put it right in the middle, and that's still a, a huge loss. Right, and for, I know what property my property is worth. Their offer was a fraction of what that damage to me might be. Mm-hmm. I don't know your, your land, Lori, but I've been on your property, yeah. Carrie, and it's spectacular. Yeah. It is really a beautiful place. So let's get back to taking action. Uh, we're going to wrap oh, up yeah, here, but I, I definitely want to get public get, input. Get hearings. it out there. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. The public input hearings are citizens' chance to go before the PUC judges, the actual judges that hear the case, and talk about why this project is not good for Franklin County, why it's not good for them individually, and basically tell the judges why they should say no to this project. They are next week, Tuesday and Wednesday, the 22nd and 23rd. There are, there's a hearing at 1 and 6 p.m. each day. They are being held at the New Franklin uh, Fire Hall. Mm-hmm. I attended the first hearing in York, and I was impressed with the civility of the judges and the, uh, the whole process, how very um, con- conscious they were of making sure that people had their chance to speak mm-hmm. and say what was on their mind. Um, if you attend a hearing and you want to participate in it, you can read a statement, you can give uh, just an oral statement that's recorded by the court recorder. In those two cases, uh, you, you would be sworn in saying that your statement's true, mm-hmm. you know, what you say is true. Um, you can also give an informal statement if there are people who don't swear 
uh, because of religious beliefs, oh, that okay. kind of thing. If you are a person like that, you can just go and give a statement. It, it doesn't become a part of the official record, but the judges do hear it and the lawyers do hear it. And if you're not big there. on standing up and speaking in front of a crowd... You can and, hand a statement yeah, in. Okay, great. Because yes. a lot you of people, don't. they're not very And you don't have to... You could come halfway through the hearing and sign your name in and you would still... You'd be able to speak. Okay, so those dates again? The 22nd, 23rd... 1 and 6 p.m. At New Franklin Farm. New Franklin. Okay. We just want everybody to come out. Yeah, Even if you just feel like you want to see what's going on, show up. Yeah, you need you bodies in the audience. Yeah. Now, what impact will these statements have on the judges? I mean, let's say that you get an overwhelming turnout. What will happen if the ju- well, all the, the judges the, here is how this is It's a problem bad. if we don't get an overwhelming turnout. <laughs> okay, well, let's assume the best of all worlds. But, yeah, um, it's... You want to speak to that? Well, it's it's huge. I mean, this is she's got a heart, she's got a head, and she can think. And and these judges are very bright, um, having met them, and and this is what they want to hear. How does this affect yes. you? How will this affect your community? And um, it is important to come and to speak if you can, because this is your time and your only time to talk about a historical event in this county. Mm-hmm. At the, at the evidentiary hearings, you know, they're going to be expert witnesses presenting evidence and people being cross-examined, et cetera, et cetera. That's next December. But this really is the chance, the only opportunity that we have for it to go on the court record mm-hmm. to say what it's going to do to our community. Okay, so for everyone listening, uh, this may not be directly about you, but it's directly about all of us and protecting private property rights. So uh, to wrap up, if you guys have anything else you want to contribute or share. Well, I would like to end by saying uh, we have T-shirts that will be available to purchase uh, this week. Um, we will also have them at the doors at the input hearings. They will be $20. You'll have your choice of green or gray. Uh, we are asking people to wear green in support of Stop Transfers Franklin County to the input hearings. We have a few car wash tickets left um, to finish selling up here, and uh, we do have some more fundraising events planned, so you're welcome to stay tuned to the website and, and, and look for them. And that website again? Is StopTransfersFranklinCounty.org. Okay. It, it's Franklin C-O, right? I don't have Franklin County spelled out. I think it's Franklin I think it is County. C-O. Franklin C-O, County sorry. C-O. No problem, no problem. That's okay. All right. Well, thank you both very much for being with us today on this very important issue. And uh, let's let's meet up again and talk okay, about what, yeah. what, what happens Updates. next. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Thank you both very much. Thank you. I'm going to throw it over to producer Jeremy Case. Jeremy, <laughs> what do you got for us? Well, um, we have some news coming from the borough of Chambersburg on today's show. And... Uh, there was an election yesterday, so yes, there was. we'll talk a little bit about there that. Was a primary, indeed. Yeah, and uh, so we'll. And the women turned out. <laughs> and <laughs> by the way, yeah, by, the, by the way, I want to thank you too for coming because I didn't know a whole lot about this, but I just learned a lot. So yeah. I appreciate you coming. Yeah. Yeah. Good, thank we, you. We, believe me, we just skimmed the surface. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, we could be here for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, this needed to get out. I do know a lot of people that aren't aware of it. They're, they see the signs, but they're not it, sure what it's a, about. We live in it. The age of communication, and it's strangely hard to communicate with people. Well, there's a lot of noise out there, <laughs> you know, and people kind of get locked into their channels, yeah. and they, they don't know what's going on. Well, I think it's important to point out, you know, we're not paying for propaganda for our story. Right. So we're relying on 
people like you. We're relying on our community, our friends, right. um, our coworkers, etc., to um, kind of set the story straight. You know, there is always two sides to every story. So if somebody comes to your door wanting to sell you, you know, the latest and greatest thing, um, you know, you, you might t- want to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I also say, you know, because one of my T-shirts that we designed um, alludes to Tesla and his comment about, are we still running these lines? Mm-hmm. You know, how many new cell phones have you had in the last 10 years? Right. Quite mm-hmm. a few. Yeah. But we're still using technology that's over 100 years old. Yeah, and then we're hanging it in the air yeah. and we're not burying it. And I would like to also point out something that made the news today. Speaking of news, a sinkhole opened up in York County today and swallowed a utility pole. So, you know, to speak to the fact that here we are saying to you, you cannot put these massive, heavy structures in a lot of this ground around here because it could not sustain the, the weight of oh, yeah, a structure sure. like this. Sure. And, um, in, in the one in the case in point in York today, it was a normal utility pole that you have right outside your door, not a massive structure. Right, just a wooden, just a wooden pole. Yeah. Um, so, why are we using antiquated technology? I'm, I'm, for the life of me, I just don't understand. Because it's cheaper. Because it is cheaper. It's yeah. right. cheaper. And the other thing about this kind of technology that they continue to want to build and build and build it is, it's much more. Uh, vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Sure, because it's oh. exposed. Well, and yes, and particularly when you're talking about building new transmission lines, which traverse long. Mm-hmm. A lot can happen. Distances. A lot can happen, and but uh, and they're inefficient. Yeah. We lose up to fifty percent of the power that you send down a line, and that's when you think about that in the engineering aspect of that, and the you know. That's pretty huge. You know, if you put them underground, while that might cost you more, the maintenance is less. The um, the, the reliability and, at the other end is and, greater. And there'll be less yeah. resistance. And there's less resistance. There's not going to be people popping up saying, no, no, yeah. no. And, and the other thing, too, we didn't really address, but there are health concerns that go along with... with um, mm-hmm. Towers and, and lines. All that dissipating like power. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's, it's apparently magnified. The, all the effects of the EM radiation are magnified when you put two lines in juxtaposition with one another. In this case, much of the line, they want to cite this larger line right next to the 128K line. Mm-hmm. So just make it worse. Yeah. So, all right, uh, listeners, uh, this is your call to action. Um, we expect to see you at uh, New Franklin Fire Hall and make your public comment and let's protect our neighbors and protect uh, private property rights. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, Thank thanks. you. So we weren't quite done yet, no, but we that's weren't. a good thing. That's a good thing. All right, so um, Borough Council met Monday night. The elections, let's start off with the elections. All right, let's do it. All what right. do you got? Looks like Pete, Dr. John Joyce, is the Republican candidate for Congress in the uh, new 13th district. He's Schuster's man, apparently. Sounds uh, like an anointing. Halverson uh, didn't even really make the the running, did he? I think he came in fifth, is what the paper said. Uh, uh, Perennial campaigner. The perennial campaigner and Tea Party darling Halverson. And his comment in the paper that I saw this morning was that the swamp won. Yeah, so well, take that, you 20% of Republican voters that uh, voted for uh, Dr. Joyce. <laughs> You're the swamp. Yeah, I'm sure they'll love hearing that. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, public opinion headline on the elections today also said that Joyce will likely be elected given the heavily Republican district that this is. But you know, Pete, 
There is a Democratic candidate, and he won yesterday, too. Brent Ottaway? Brent Ottaway. He was unopposed, and he will be the... Wait, uh, wait, wait. Go back. He was unopposed. He was unopposed in the primary, (laughs) yes. I can't imagine. (laughs) I'm surprised there was one on the ballot. Politics are unusual these days. What about that independent candidate? Oh, that's right. We didn't have one. We didn't have one of those. But, you know, if uh, the progress pod bump works... Who knows what might happen for Ottaway because we're going to have him on this show. Yes, we are. We will. We haven't. We still have not reached out to him, but Mr. Ottaway, we plan to. And we can do it over the phone. We can you do know, it over the phone. You can be in your car. You can be wherever you want to be. Yeah, but we got to have you here in Franklin County. That'd be more fun. Here in Chambersburg. Yeah, come, see how it come is. Come represent, man. Come represent. That's right. All right. So anyway, uh, borough council meeting. I've been going to the borough council meetings. For haven't the entire said, time you've lived here religiously. <laughs> just about. But haven't uh, talked much about him on the progress pod yet. Let's hear it, but, man. Uh, What's going down? Big news in Chambersburg: Alfresco Dining Al on the Fresco. Square. That's, yes. that's Italian. That's French for what? <laughs> Outdoors. Outdoors. Yeah, we don't have much of that here in town. You got to be. You got not a lot. But that sits right on on next to the highway, and that's not very. Fun. Well, you know what? The whole time they were talking about this at the council meeting the other night, in my head, I had semis rolling down main street in chambersburg and how do you hold a conversation on the sidewalk with someone while you're having dinner and that's for square one the square one square one right on the uh square yep so which actually if you go there and you sit facing the square it's kind of cool but it's quiet it is it is cool yeah but uh you know at certain times of the day you don't have the the trucks rolling through as much so it can be done so you can you can dine Sunday out there around 11:30 a.m. <laughs> in the evening it's not so bad yeah, they they mellow out a little bit yeah but anyway so apparently what they plan to do over there is uh put some pavers out on a uh, kind of a landscaped area that's across the sidewalk from the restaurant it's i think it's borough property over there it's state right of way something like that but they're going to put some pavers on that prop on that piece of land and some tables and string some overhead lights to get out there it sounds like it's going to look pretty nice well there's a little sidewalk area at the door Mm -hmm. and then there's like a dirt area right now it has some bushes and things planted in there so they're going to be in there getting closer to the road getting yeah closer to the road but uh so anyway we the council uh, gave permission they granted permission to uh Square one to was it take that on. Let's get down to brass tacks. It was not unanimous. That's Who voted the big news. It? Seven one vote. There were two absent, and right. Councillor Bigler was not in favor of this idea. I think she has some concerns about potential aesthetic choices that Square One might be making uh, with this. Are we talking about Pompey's best view? Uh, hey, <laughs> I did hear something under the breath about that, you know. So, but I don't, oh, you know, she's it's not confirmed. Find a way to make them repaint that sign, isn't she? <laughs> No comment. I like Pompey's best views paint. You know, you know Pompey's best view. It it adds a little flair to downtown, and I mean they painted it over uh, plastic siding. So you know, it's not. It it, you know, it's not a big. Get over it, everybody. They're here to stay. They're obviously doing well. Exactly. They're they're packed up with people. So successful business. Let's support it. That's right. That's right. Free market. Yep. And there are no rules against it in the borough to uh, do that to the storefront. So have at it. All right, yep. let's move on. What, what's next? Okay, um, let's see. Development at the old Jennings property, 2nd and Grant Street in Chambersburg. More development there. It's all been subdivided. And uh, I think it's Brandale Construction in town here. They're going to be building Local some firm. office buildings on part of that property. And the big news is that 
this plant includes green space. Nice. So it's not just going to be one big plot of asphalt. They're going to plant a tree. <laughs> looked like they're going to do more. They had some renderings there. It looked pretty nice. Cool. Yeah. Do they have uh, occupants, or are they just? I think they said the they have they have at least one that they've been talking with. I think they said. Wasn't Roy Pitt supposed to go in over there somewhere? Yeah, I think plans are off for that at least at the moment. Oh, too bad. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. The uh, speaking of asphalt, the parking lot behind uh, the ice cream station on Lincoln Way West mm-hmm. has been purchased Adjacent to the historic wall of Chambersburg. <laughs> Indeed, it's been purchased by the county. Okay. The county is subdividing that parking lot. Okay. Thirty thousand square feet, roughly, is it's going to be parking county parking. But that's not the whole thing. The rest of it, the remain, the remainder of that. Uh, parking area is going to, I guess, stay with the Texas Lunch, who owns the ice cream station. They've got to have parking for their restaurant there. And uh, citizens who need breakfast. Well, that's right. Me too. Me too. Yeah. So. And what about the train? Is the train going to stay there? Big question. I don't know. It's we the didn't hear. Thing ever, isn't it? The county has not uh, presented any plans for the parking lot uh, that I know of, anyway. Maybe they have, but giant, they didn't at this giant meeting. Train just sits there in the middle of the parking lot. <laughs> Why is this here? Well, there used to be train tracks that went by there. Did you know that, oh, Pete? Oh, that's right. They went past the historic <laughs> wall. That's right. Oh, that... God. <laughs> okay, that's so... That's the next pressing issue the borough was dealing with. <laughs> um, I love it. I'm really excited about What else did I scratch a note of? I think that may be it, because those were the highlights, at least while I, I left a little bit early, but... What were the lowlights? Well, we won't go there. Public commentary? <laughs> no public comment. Oh. At least, well... Not that wasn't on the agenda. The guy who comes so, up with his notepad is ready to talk. <laughs> there were no notepads. All right, so, yep, that's about it that I uh, right. made note of at the borough council meeting on Monday. But I have been wanting to say this. If you do live within the lines of the borough of Chambersburg and you're not sure how you're represented, um, if you have your trash picked up on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever I day of the week, <laughs> Monday is one. Tuesday is two, Wednesday is three, Thursday is four, and Friday is four and a half. Five. It's five. It's five. So that's the ward you're in. Anyway, if you ever want to talk to your council person, call up at the borough. They'll get you in contact with your council person, and uh, if you have any questions or concerns, that's how you do it. And as we always say here on the Progress Pod, participate. Participate. Get involved. Help make change. Otherwise, who knows what could happen. That's right. That's right. You never know. So, Pete, uh, what's coming up on the Progress Pod? Farmer's Market. Farmer's Market. Farmer's Market opens May 26th, right? Yeah, uh, it's a super fun thing to come down, get downtown, uh, get some fresh food, see the people, mingle, have a nice time. Uh, We're going to have some of the people from the Farmer's Market come on, talk about what they're doing, and talk about downtown. Great. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. Thanks, everybody, listening. Don't forget, find us on Twitter at The Progress Pod. Find us online at progresspod.org, which takes you to the Franklin County Coalition for Progress website. But there is a Progress Pod button at the top of that website, and that gets you to our page. And we have this little uh, plug-in on there right now, and it shows our SoundCloud page, so you can click on all of our shows, and you're good to go. You can listen to them all right Hours there. Pod. Hours hours of pod and you can also subscribe to us on itunes and rate us there if you give us a high rating that does wonders for us and for our for our exposure 
But I mean, if you want to sabotage us, you can give us one star. I, What's wrong with you? Hey, you know, after listening to this, somebody might want to. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's, let's, let's wrap it up here. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, stay tuned. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs>